We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 251 on the Blue Warrior Network. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart, Pierre. It is officially Victory Monday. How are you boys feeling? Bro, I'm feeling great. Even though the weather in the morning was kind of like, eh, it still felt nice. Like, you woke up with a win. It's always a good feeling whenever, like, you wake up after a win. It's the best feeling in the world. Like, even my coworkers today were like, hey, the Lions won last night. I was like, I know. I just got this job, and they already know I'm a Lions fan. And they're like, are you like excited? I'm like, hell yeah, I'm excited. So it's just, it's, it was a great vibe everywhere, bro. Even I even saw, like, one of the workers that had a little kid. He was wearing, like, a little Lions jersey. I thought that was cute. Little kid, you know? So I was excited, man. Malcolm? How you feeling, man? Man, woo! That's all I got to say, man, is woo. I'm, you know what? It, it's a different feeling, man. This this win feels really good, man. And even when you go on social media and, and you just talk to, you know, several Lions fans, this is this is a different feeling, man. It just feels everybody, everybody just everybody just feels great about this win, man. And it's a great feeling, man. I, I'm excited. Yeah. I would say this is like the first like legitimate victory Monday where I felt good since probably 2020. Because I'm not gonna lie to you guys last year. Minnesota win was great because obviously it was just a big win versus a division team. But like we were 0 10 and 1 at that point. So the mean didn't really, you know, the win didn't really mean that much as far as like contending for anything. So like it was nice to get it out of the way. It was more relieving than like a great feeling. This one actually feels good because now it's early on in the season. You could look at other teams in the NFL. It's like, oh, maybe if you lose this game, we, we could put the Lions here. You know, like it's, it's just fun to have that hope right now. It's like, okay. 
Let's let's have it. When you're 0 10 and one, you win one game in week 12. It's like, oh, okay, cool. But like, this is different. You know, when the Lions win a meaningful game, it, the way I feel on Monday when I go to school, I put my Lions T-shirt on, or if it's you know cold, I put a Lions jacket. I feel like the Mets closer. I I get the little trumpets going in the background. I just feel like walking, like I'm like dun, 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 dun. That's how I feel walking around <laughs> everywhere. I'm like, yeah, talk to me. The Lions won, yeah, Lions won. Talk shit, I dare you. <laughs> I, I love the feeling, man. It, it feels great, especially on the Monday, but the whole week in general to the next game. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, man. like, the national media, uh, Des Bryant was like, yesterday, I told you the Lions were legit. He just tweeted out just now. He's like, I told you the Lions were legit the way they played the Eagles. And then Marcus Spears from ESPN, man, Dan Orlowski and I try to tell y'all folks about the Lions, you better bring your lunch pill when you play them. Brian Baldinger, I don't know if you saw those videos he posted. He basically said it doesn't matter who the hell you have up playing offensive line, they'll run it all over you. Yeah. Bro, I mean, uh, NFL Network, the morning show, what's it called? Good Morning Football? Good morning football. They they talked about the Lions this morning. Everyone is starting to take notice. Can we, can we start, on, can we start on the offense, especially on the offensive line? I'm going to issue an apology. From all, I'm going to issue the apology from all of us, regarding yeah. all of us. I'm going to regard it, especially me and – Malcolm was pretty much on bandwagon. So yeah, like he, yeah, I, I'm going to regard it for all of us, though, because I think we yeah. all had some shit to talk about Dan Skipper at some point. And you know what the guy did? You know what the guy did? I was so I'm like worried. I'm like, there's just no way it's going to work. Dan Skipper, Logan Stenberg, they're both starting. And we're playing an interior defensive line with Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. You got Monta Sweat on the outside. But I'm like, okay, I'm not that worried about because we got Penesel on deck. Whatever, right? But the inside was what I was really worried about. You got a guy who's making his NFL debut, who's been in the league since 2017. He's been cut numerous times. I've talked so much shit about this guy. No, I'm done. You get an apology, Dan Skipper. Because what you did on Sunday versus the Washington Commanders was really impressive, man. Playing guard for the first time, having his first career start, and just looking the way you looked. I mean, you wouldn't even be able to tell it was a backup out there. Dan Skipper was so good. I'm going to let you guys get your perspective on it because, my man, I, I was I was worried like hell coming into this game and knowing that he was going to be the starter. Once the game started, I had no worries because he didn't make me worry. I didn't even know he was on the field. It was that good. And when you're not talking about offensive linemen, it's usually a good sign because that means they're doing their job. So big kudos to Dan Skipper, man. Big kudos to Dan Skipper. Yeah, Tyler, honestly, man, also shout out to Hank Fraley. Like at this point, whoever he puts out there, I have trust in him. Like, I don't even care who it is. If you want to put out Malcolm at guard, go ahead. That's you know what I mean? That's a good idea. Yeah. It's my good idea. Yeah, like, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, whoever you want to put out there, go ahead. Because I remember during like during our pregame show, like they're putting Skipper over. I'm like, all right. Like, I don't I don't get this, but I trust Hank Fraley. Like, build this man a statue. Give this man a lifetime contract. I think Eric Schliss said both of those. Like, bro. This man, can you imagine a Ford Field? You see a statue of Hank Fraley. Everyone's like, "Who the fuck is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Who the fuck is this guy? Who's Hank Fraley?" For real, though, (laughs) bro, he's he's amazing. He's he's great at his job, and just the way this unit blocks, the way they all like gel together. Taylor Decker told Sewell yesterday before the game, he's like, "Yo, let's play well. If we play well, these guys will feed off energy. These three backups." They'll feed off of us. Like, you just see the leadership with the offensive line. You see how well they play together. These guys haven't even played together. Evan Brown, Dan Skipper, Stenberg. Like, 
and Skipper playing guard, he was playing tackle um, in the preseason and training camp. He didn't play. He played guard in the 2018 preseason, I believe. That's how long. Then this week he passed that guard like, fuck it, you're playing guard. And he went out there and moved people in the running game. I believe he, moved, he destroyed the, people in the running game. I believe he's the biggest what? guard to ever start in an NFL game. 6'9", 330, I believe that's what it was. I think he's the biggest guard yeah. to ever start in the NFL. Yeah, and honestly, I wouldn't be mad if they sign him to the active roster, just the way Ooh. he played yesterday. Oh, interesting. He deserves, he deserves it, man. He deserves it. He's like, you know what? Like like Tyler said, I, I do take back every single thing I do I did say about Dan Skipper. And, and, and for the record, you know, I did have him originally making. Stop it! Three, Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! You're not taking <laughs> you're not taking credit for that. Continue though. No man, you know what? You know you know what what um what was best the best thing about the whole situation was the emotion, man. Just just seeing Dan Skipper out there, like there's there's a play. It was that play when um DeAndre Swift when they threw like that little screen pass to DeAndre Swift and he fell. And he got up and he made six guys miss, and then he ran for that touchdown. Did you see his reaction when they scored that touchdown? He was so excited, man! Like he was just so happy to be out there. And then the whole locker room celebration, man. That dude looked like he was about to cry. You know, he the was, whole, think, yeah. the whole emotion, the whole thing about it. And I love the way Dan Campbell and and the team gave him the spotlight. They gave him the spotlight. They even let him talk to the podium. Um, they gave him his spotlight, man. This is something big for him because he's a guy who never made a never made a fifty three man roster. Um, he got, he got cut six times, been bounced around the six different teams. It's it's tough for him. So for them to do that to, to him, man, it, it was really good to see, man. No, I mean he's had a a fascinating career to say the very least. I mean the guy's been in the league like I said since twenty seventeen, um, and, and mainly with Detroit. You know, he's bounced around from the practice squad to the active roster, but every time he's been promoted to the active roster, he's never gotten that opportunity to start. Now he's gotten some snaps sometimes, yeah, once been promoted. But as far as starting a full game, this was a first time for him. And, you know, I, I give credit to a guy that just been committed, you know, to, you know, really want to play this game because a lot of guys in his position not getting this, you know, an opportunity to start any point from 27 to 2022 – you probably just call it a career. You're like, you know, this is probably just not the game for me. You know, this is probably not a career for me long term. But Dan Skipper, you know, went through all the process, went through all the dog days of being on the practice squad, being cut, being back on. It's tough, man. You know, we've talked to some of those guys before, guys like Hakeem Valdez, and, you know, he tells us how tough it is. Like, you're getting calls from different teams, flying to different cities. Um, the practice squad life is really tough. And, for a guy like that to gut it out, man, I, I just I have a lot of props, man, for for you know what he did and once getting the opportunity, just seizing it. Because I feel like when we see a guy from the practice squad get pulled up and, and those type of situations, it usually doesn't go that well. But Dan Skipper, like I said, he wouldn't be able to even tell that was a back or that was his first career start. So I mean, like Peter said, Hank Fraley, <laughs> Hank Fraley, man, he is just that guy, dude. He he doesn't he does it with everyone. Whoever he puts out there, it works, man. It works. So some teams have it, man. It, sometimes it's not as much as the talent. It's just as far as the coaching. Like Cincinnati, for example, that's a team that brought in three proven offensive linemen. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference between this Cincinnati Bengals offensive line this year and last year. It's still terrible. Doesn't matter who you bring in. It it really does come down to coaching most of the time, and you know who's coaching up these guys. It's not always the talent on the field. I, I think. Another example you're seeing with this team, and we're going to get into it right now, is the running game. You know, I, I think the Lions for so many years brought in so many talented running backs. 
it didn't matter who they're bringing in. It, it just would never get going. But they brought in some of the right guys, you know, with the Dan Campbell staff, with Deuce Daly, and it's a completely different running game now. DeAndre Swift looks like an elite dual threat back in the in the league right now. He looks like a legitimate back right now. It's just some teams have it and some teams don't. And right now, that Lions offensive line, they have it. It's a good thing to have because once you start getting those trenches going, that's when the good football teams come out, man. That's when the good football teams come out. A lot of it is, is the, the coaching staff, man. The, um, ben Johnson creating these these designs, these trap plays, and Deuce Daly, man. Deuce Daly has a big a big part of this running game as well. So that those two guys, man, they're they're getting this running game in the right direction. Hank too, obviously. He's the oh yeah, Hank too. Yeah, yeah, Hank too. Yeah, definitely Hank too with this offensive lineman. But yeah, man, I, I'm excited, man. Yeah, and then just. Like this is random, but it's Dan Skipper's birthday tomorrow. He turns twenty nine. Oh, so, happy birthday, Dan Skipper! You know, it's crazy for him, it's right? Crazy. It's crazy, man. Because like you see, like Dan Skipper, like he'd been in the league for so long, and he's a big ass. He's a big ass guy. And then you're like, all right, he turned twenty nine. Like twenty nine, Jesus Christ, man! He's man, young. He's a he's a baby. I mean, <laughs> I mean, compared to me, I I'm, you know, I guess I'm old. Yeah, 29 to me sounds kind of old. Kidding, 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 kidding. All right. Uh, no, but all jokes aside, though, like the Lions in two games had 52 attempts, 370 yards. Malcolm, 7.15 yards per carry. Yep, number one in the league. And then they are second in yards, first in efficiency. Second in it yards. Doesn't, it could be Swift. It could be Amin Ross St. Brown. It could be Craig Reynolds. It could be Jamal Williams. It could be Malcolm's daughter. It doesn't matter who's running the ball. My dog's pretty fast, man. Yards. Yeah, that's why I said that. <laughs> so, like, all I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter who you have in there as long as you, like, the, off- the offensive line is just moving people. I don't know if you guys saw this video. Brian Baltinger basically just had a video of, like, where basically there's two holes to go through and, like, Swift picked one and hit it, right? He could have went through the other hole. Like, these offensive linemen are creating massive holes for these running backs to run through. This is the first year... I'm, I'm t- like, I'm, I have to go back, man, because I don't remember when we ever pulled our guards and centers like this. When did we ever pull our linemen? Like, nah, uh, no, uh, did they not. trap league? Like, you, they, even last like, year, I'm used, no, even last year. We, well, yeah. did they do it last year? Not no, really. Not really. No, no, they were, no, they no really this is this whole, this, this is a Ben Johnson scheme. This is a yeah. Ben Johnson thing, and it is working, man. <laughs> these schemes that they're doing, creating these trap plays and these counters. He, they're creating these big holes, man. These misdirections, like they'll have the offensive lineman pulling one way, and then it'll shift the, the linebackers thinking that the the hole's going to be there, and then nope, the hole's on the other side, man. And they're doing a great job at it. And Swift, man, he's doing a great job. And the thing is crazy, man, is that Swift is limited, man. On a snap count, he's on a he was on a snap count. Do you know what would happen if you if you had on a full if you was like no nothing wrong with his ankle, he was on a full full game mode. Yeah. Well, he's, 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 he went off for over, we went off for like over one fifty. I, I think he said he would have scored on that one play. He got caught on if his ankle wasn't like fucked up. Probably he probably would have. Yeah, his snaps weren't affected that much, but as far as getting carries, he didn't even get double digit carries. Jamal ended up with more carries, but just having him as a decoy out there is you know scary enough just for defenses because you have to put attention if DeAndre Swift's on the field, regardless if you're going to use him or not. So I think his snaps were pretty normal, but the the carry load was a little less than probably yeah, expected. Yeah. Way less. I think he had what five, five carries. Something what like was that. Carry? Yeah, it was five, five carries for fifty-six yeah. yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Average eleven point two, eleven point two yards per carry. Yeah, and he had that uh, touchdown where he like fell and no, got right back up. 
Yeah, that, that was um, that was a passing play. So he had yeah. um he had two catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. So yeah. he had 81, 81 all purpose. Well, not more than 81, but um, yeah, he had over 80 all purpose yards and a touchdown. And then his oh, snap, snap count. His snaps yesterday, he, he was in for 31 snaps, which was they had 61 snaps, so he played 51% of the snaps. I like the way they actually ordered the snaps. Like I think it was Swift got majority on, then Jamal Williams, and then Craig Reynolds was sprinkled in a little. I like yeah. that. Yes, yeah, so for the running backs, he had Swift get 31, which was 50% of the offense, and he had Jamal Williams get 21 of the snaps, which was 34%, and you had Craig Reynolds get nine snaps for 15%. This is per Justin Rogers. So um, that, that, that was the offensive snap count for the running backs. Hey, Prior Podcast listeners, it's your boy Malcolm here, and if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Oz Traders. Odds Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash bluewire. Odds Traders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Something um, I want to talk about, too, with the receiving core, man. I, I think Amon Ross St. Brown. We got to talk about this guy more, man. I, like, I, know, we I know we talk about him, but we got to talk about him more, dude. He's legit, man. He's legit. And they're using him in so many different ways. And I thought yesterday in that game versus Washington with the motions was something really good. And he even mentioned it was the bunch play. Washington was confused, man. And there was even a play when he was doing the motion, and they saw Amon Ross with the ball. I, he said one of the DBs like, oh, oh shit, Amon Ross right there. <laughs> and he takes it up for 50 yards. You're talking and, about the jet sweep? The, the jet, jet sweep, sweep the... yeah. Yeah, the jet sweep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I forgot See, which deep... player it was, but one of the Washington players said they basically knew everything we were running on defense. Like, you're, talking about, you're talking about us? The they, Lions they knew... knew everything Washington was running. Like, basically every defense that they had, like, a way to attack it. He said they knew, like, what they were doing on defense. That just shows you, like, how Ben Johnson prepares – how this team prepares, how they like kind of uh, picked up, I guess, on Washington's tendencies or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
But, bro, I'm in wrestling Brown. Like, even if you put your best corner on him, the Ben Johnson moves him around. Like, okay, you want to play man? He'll bring him to the other side, right? Either the corner follows him or a different corner picks him up. You want to play zone? He'll find the soft spots in stone destroy you. You, you want to call an end around? He could do that, too. He's like, I don't want to say elite yet, but he's getting there. He's getting, he's getting there. He's getting there. I think Swift is an elite back. I think Amin Ra is, I think pretty soon he'll be like, okay, this guy's an elite receiver. Yeah, I, I like our whole receiving core in general right now. And I know people are going to talk about DJ Chark not having much of an impact yet, but he's just another guy that's kind of a decoy. Not even, like, he's going to have a role eventually. He's going to get catches and he's going to have bigger games. But just his presence on the field, you know, you can't just leave him and, like, put all your attention to Amin Ra St. Brown. It's not like last year where you have, like, Khalif Raymond out there and, uh, Boob Johnson, like just some random guys. On, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't have just random guys out there. Wait, wait, <laughs> you, what's the name of that guy? Boob Johnson. Who's that? <laughs> Yo, Boob Johnson. Tyler, uh, are you thinking about that girl you were with last night and Ben Johnson or something? Like, what's going on here? Okay. <laughs> Boob Johnson. Boob Johnson. <laughs> what's going on? Malcolm? He's thinking about that girl he's with yesterday and then Ben Johnson. So I guess like Boob Johnson. Boob, Boob Johnson. Johnson. Okay. All right. Um, All right. You yeah. know what? Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Uh, DJ Shark, I think the timing with him and golf is going to get there eventually. I think, yeah. you know, every game, I think golf is getting a little better every single game. Well, from the he improved from week one to week two. Now, hopefully, he can improve week three. I think the timing needs to get better. And once the timing gets better with, with DJ Shark, with those deep balls, he could have a bigger impact. And I think, you know, even when, you know, once we get fully <laughs> equipped, on our offense, on our offense, as far as wide receiving core with J Mo, and you're gonna have two guys that can stretch the field like that. I think that's when really big things are gonna happen. Yeah, and I think when you look at uh, Chark too, Goff had a couple of underthrows. Like Chark works off speed, right? And when you underthrow it, it's kind of hard because you beat your guy, then the guy catches up to you, so it's hard. Also, another thing with Goff, Goff and High just haven't been on the same page this year. I don't know why. I think it's we gotta start of- having a conversation about Hawk, man. It's it's uh like I'm not giving up on Hawk, but him and Gov just haven't been on the same page, bro. Hawk has been on Hawk. Hawk has been a great run blocker this year, but his his uh his his receiving has been a little. I don't know what's going on. The one play with Shark before the half. I mean, if Goff makes that throw, that's probably six, or at least the yeah. very least he gets tackled and you get a. You talking ball. about the, the flea flicker? You talking about the flea flicker? No, not the flea flicker. Or was it a flea flicker? The flea Even flicker the flea was flea the one in the end zone. The flea flicker. That was yeah, actually that was, by Kenny Fuller. You throw that a little further down. No, that's not a that touchdown. one. No, no, the end of the first half where yeah, he shot off third about. down. He overthrew yeah, Shark. Yeah, you overthrew Shark. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, it's, I think it's just timing between between those two. They haven't played. They haven't had much playing time together. Yeah, you know, so this is only like their second and a quarter game with each other. Um, they practice together, but it's not the same when you're on the field. Um, during the game, so I mean, I think as the season goes along, the timing is going to get better, and once that happens, they'll connect more. Uh, I, I don't, I don't really have a problem with that. I think they, I think DJ yeah. Shark is going to be fine. I agree. Can we have the conversation about Hawk? I want to have it real quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hawk, man. I mean, I'm, I'm going to propose the question out there and just tell me what you guys think. I don't want to extend Hawk right now. I really don't. I think he's replaceable. Um, I, I just think he's just a like he's a guy where he's not a problem, but he's nothing special to me. Like he's never gonna be Kelsey. He's never gonna be Kittle. He's never gonna be Walter. Like I, I, I'm, I'm throwing that out there. He's never gonna be that guy. Now, could he be a tier two tight end? Yeah, I, I think he is kind of like that right now. 
I just don't think he's special. I, I just don't think there's anything special with T.J. Hawkinson. I really think he's replaceable. And now you might take a little downgrade at that position if you try to replace him, but I think that's fine. I think when looking at this long term of this team and who you're going to have to pay, I don't think he's a priority. I'm looking at Jonah Jackson. That's a priority. That's who I'm paying. I'm in Ross and Brown when he needs an extension. That's a priority. Penezo when he needs an extension. That's a priority. Is Swift a priority? Swift right now is more of a priority than TJ Hawkinson. And I know that's crazy to say because running backs' jevities are not as long. I just don't see it with Hawkinson. I really don't. I don't think he's special. I'd rather use that money. And also, don't don't kill me right now. Goff's playing well. He's fine. But if you want to go get a veteran quarterback potentially, if they go that route, you're going to need to put money towards that as well. So just saying, I think there's other priorities in TJ Hawkinson right now. I, I'm I'm okay with putting the, the Hawk extensions on hold right now. I just don't think he's worth it. I think mm. you're overreacting a little. I wouldn't say he's not special or he's like nothing. I think with, it's just right now him and Goff haven't been on the same page for in the passing game, but his run block has improved. It's still early in the season. I want to see more from him, but right now I wouldn't pay him. Like Obviously, the Lions didn't pay him either. They want to see how he looks this year. And don't forget, you have him under control next year as well. Yeah, that's fine. And then you could always play the tag game too with him. Like If you don't sign him, you could tag him for a year, right? So you basically have three years under control. Well, this when, year, well, in two years, next year the, and the following year. When you play the tag game, you have to give him all that guaranteed money because he's going to be average out whatever the top five. Paid I mean, that's fine, are. though. That's fine, right? We'll see how he looks. For like, now, bro, if he plays well, like later on, I think it's it's a slight overreact. They just haven't been on the same page, bro. Him and Gov just haven't. Well, what's your take on TJ? I, I don't know. I want to say he's nothing special, though. That's kind of harsh. I just don't think he's anything like I think he's replaceable. I, I he's hard to replace. I mean, if you replace him, you're, you're it's a big downgrade. Like he's a it's top, a, it's a downgrade. He's a top, he's a top ten tight end, bro. Okay, but you you lose him, right? I I think who would you rather pay though? Because you you can't pay everybody. You can't pay everybody. I you, can, you can't pay Jonah Jackson, Amani, uh, Amon Ra, T.J. Hawkinson. Like you got to let go of some of these guys. You're not going to be able to pay everyone. If there's one guy that I'm like, okay, he's not a big priority to me right now, it's T.J. Hawkinson. The other guys are just a lot more bigger priorities to me. Jonah Jackson is way more important to me to get a deal done. Panay Sewell, Amon Ross and Brown, DeAndre Swift. Those are a lot more important to me than T.J. Hawkinson right now. Yeah, we'll see what they do. Um... <sighs> T.J. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know you say that he's a top 10 tight end, but, I mean, if you combine – Last year's production combined with these two, two these two games, is he really a top ten tight end? I mean, you could say he's a top ten tight end because this is the tight end compared, compared to last, like last, all there's, last year. There's just not many great tight ends in the league right now. I mean, it's tough because last year we were out TJ Hawkins in the last six games, and golf has his best games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean. Is he that much of an impact? Say, saying if he's not there, would the offense struggle? I don't think so. I don't but the think thing is, too, beat. like defenses pay attention to him because they know the type of player he is, too. Like if you just have a random dude out there playing, the focus will shift to someone else, too. Okay, yeah, to and, then, and, and then they won't they won't pay attention to him. Like for example, Brock Wright. Brock Wright had like three <clears> touchdowns <throat> during that 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 streak last year. During those six games, he had like three touchdowns. I just like like you said. I, I agree with you. I want to see more from TJ. You know, I definitely want to see more. It's only week two. I can't. I can't say that. You know, would I pay him now? Of course not. He hasn't done dog shit these past two games. I mean, I can't say I'll pay him. Yeah, like, just done them. Just give him a George Kittle contract. He There's a reason shit. why, like the yeah. Lions yeah. haven't paid him because, like that Javon and Joku contract, I think kind of 
Dude, Cleveland's GM is an idiot. I don't know how they're paying their players. Regard paying the players. Regard the some of the players that those contracts are given out. It's kind of you know the Deshaun Watson contract, the Njoku contract. I don't know what they're doing down there, but I don't know. There. You know what it is? I think is that you know when we drafted TJ Hawkinson, when we drafted TJ Hawkinson, we expected the impact. Like right. like you see how we have Amon Ross Brown. He's an impact. Yep. Yes. You know, we're like, all right, Amon Ross Brown's going to go off. It doesn't matter. Like you said, it doesn't matter who's on him. Amon Ross going to go off. We have yet to see the impact from TJ. Even with his Pro Bowl year. He had a Pro Bowl year. He went to the Pro Bowl. He had 700 yards a year, which is good for a tight end. But he didn't really – he wasn't really like that, okay, let's let's double TJ. We got double TJ. No off, no defense coordinator going into the game saying we have to double TJ. There, there's no defense coordinator saying that. Yeah, and then, and then as far as run blocking too, like I know you're saying it's improved, but like it's still not there. Like the one when we drafted him, he was supposed to be able to do both of it. He was supposed to be like an elite uh, run blocker and a really good pass catcher. He's I not try, elite. He's not try, an elite run blocker. I try, I try, to, I, I try to tell you guys, the, 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 blocking in college to blocking grown ass men is two different worlds. Like, he's, <laughs> like he's not. He's not. Titans. Even. Titans don't come into the NFL as elite blockers. They, they, just, they don't do that because they're blocking kids. You're going from blocking kids. To blocking now grown ass men, it's two different worlds. Um, they have to develop into that elite blocker. George Kittle it's, it's been what blocker. is this year four for TJ? He's still not there, in my opinion. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, some guys develop into those elite blockers, some guys don't, but you can look like an elite blocker in college. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, even the whole draft process with TJ Hawkinson, I was like, look, he's blocking kids, you know, blocking kids to now blocking grown ass men is two different worlds, and you you naturally see. Who's gonna be those better blockers based on strength? Like you see TJ Hawkinson. I remember like in the combine, he hit the 225 bench like 17 times. Like as, as a tight end, you're like, all right, 17 times. How strong is he to block 300 pound, almost 400 pound lineman? You know, it's, it's different. So I don't know. I don't know if he's ever gonna be that guy, that elite blocker that you look at. I don't think he's ever gonna be that guy. Now, TJ Hawkins just needs to be a threat. That's all he needs to be, the threat. He's not that, though, right now. He's not a threat right now. No, he's not a threat right now. But he just needs to, need to be a threat. He needs to be a guy who team got a game plan against. Like, right now, teams are looking at the Detroit Lions, and they're saying, how can we stop Amon Ross Brown, and how can we stop DeAndre Swift? And how can we stop this running game? Yep. They're not worried about TJ Hawkinson right now. Nobody's worried about TJ Hawkinson right now. I mean, he's a decoy. Don't get me wrong. He's still a decoy. Like, he's a guy you still want on your team. I'm not saying you don't want T.J. Hawkinson. I'm not saying he's useless. So, I, I don't want no. people to get that twisted. But do I think he's got – like, do I like him on his rookie contract? Yeah, I love him on his rookie contract. But Absolutely. is he a guy I want to pay? I'm just I'm just not there yet, honestly. I'm not there yet. I don't know if That's I – That's fair, but I think teams also do game plan for T.J. Like, to think they don't. He's not a bum. He's not a bum. I'm not saying he's a bum. He's not a, he's not, he's not a bum, but I'm saying. No, like, the thing is, guys, like, he just hasn't, him and Goff just haven't been on the same page. Like, you see a drop here. You see, like, a miscommunication. One guy running the different route. One guy doing something else. They just haven't, they haven't connected so far. Maybe they'll work on it. This, I, I wouldn't be shocked next week if Dan Campbell decides, like, look, we need to get hot going. Like, they just start, you know how Ben Johnson kind of gets guys going early in the game sometimes? Like, for example, last week, Allen Robson didn't have a catch. Then they went to him in the red zone, scored a touchdown right away. Yeah. I feel like Hawk, they're going to try to get him going this week. I want to see. They it, have man. to. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see it both I want. I want to see him be more effective in the passing game. And I want to see him become a better blocker, too. And I think we've seen glimpses of it getting better. 
but like I just want to see it on, on both both aspects of the tight end just get better because it all it all depends on what your expectation is. Like, do you believe he's gonna be George Kittle? When we draft him at number eight, Kittle. I mean that's what you need him to be, don't you? He's, he's not gonna be George Kittle guy. No, I know he's, that. It's but... not gonna happen. Like if George Kittle, he can block. He could just he, they could leave him and say block the this edge rusher. Yeah. <laughs> and George Kittle will hold his own against edge rusher. You can't tell TJ to block <laughs> an edge rusher all his own. Yeah. He could chip him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is not a fault to this regime because they didn't draft TJ Hawkinson at eight. But it's just when you draft a guy that high, you need him to be George Kittle, and he's just—he's never going mean, to be that. I don't think. Sometimes, sometimes it just is what it is, man. You just—you know what he is, you know who he is, and you can try to get the best out of him and and, and have him play. I mean, it's just not going to happen. George Kittle. I mean, George Kittle is—he's an elite threat on the passing game. He's an elite blocker. I mean, let's just hope that he becomes like a Zach Ertz or something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's the kind of like at least somebody like that, man. I mean, I don't know if he's Zach Ertz, I mean, I, would, I could pay him. I mean, we'll see what happens, man. I feel like we talked a lot about Hawkinson. Let's get yeah. back to the game. Hey, I don't I don't want to go too on to that, but that's not something to monitor for the rest of the season. I don't know. I'm just not there yet. For Maybe sure. there are changes, but. If they had to I make mean, the decision right now, I'm saying no. Don't pay TJ. I'm, I don't want to pay 15 mil right now. And and he needs to put consecutive games in a row. You can't just have one game where he exactly. gets eight eight receptions, uh, 90 yards, 100 yards. Everybody's like, all right, pay the man, pay the man, pay the man. You know, yep. you got to do this consistently. Yeah. So I, I, I just want to see more from TJ, man. I it's think a, he, has a, he has a potential. It's kind of a good problem, too, because I'm bringing up other guys that you might, you're, you know, you're going to have to pay eventually. And it's not like we're just stuck with like TJ's like, okay, this is a guy we could pay. We can't not pay. We're, we're talking about this because we have options for guys to pay and you can't pay everybody. And, worst, that, and that's, that's why I bring up that conversation. Yeah. Worst case scenario for TJ is if he gets hurt, this is, this is like worst case scenario for TJ. This is where a situation where he does not get paid. All right. If he gets hurt, which is something that he's used to in his career, um, hopefully he doesn't, but if he does get hurt and a guy like James Mitchell comes in and balls out, he's in trouble. He could be in big trouble. As far as a, a re-sign, he could be in big trouble, man. He might. He could even potentially get replaced. I mean, it all depends. Yeah, we'll see uh, what happens. Don't want to get too deep into it, but maybe he gets signed and someone gives him that $15 million and we get a comp pick for him. Third-round pick, potentially. I mean, bro, that's too early to talk Too about early. Too early. It's, it's too early to talk about it. Just bringing it up. It's only week two. I mean, we haven't seen much. We can't, we, can't, we can't say much. All right. I'll put it on hold. All right, let's talk about the defense. Let's talk about 97, Aiden Hutchinson, Billy Jean, the the truth, our Nick Bosa, our edge rusher, everyone, everything I've been waiting for, wanting an edge rusher, wanting an edge rusher, a legitimate edge rusher, and you get that. Saw Aiden Hutchinson, second game of his career, three sacks, six pressures. Three. Three pressures? Six pressures. Six pressures, right. Okay, yeah, three sacks, six pressures, pressures, right? Oof. Yeah. And this is the guy. It's funny because this is a guy. The whole job process. Everybody was like, "He's not going to be elite. There's no elite guy there. There's no elite guy there." Draft Kyle Hamilton. Hell no. <laughs> Kyle <laughs> Hamilton played like shit yesterday. By the oh way. Oh my god, he got torched. That's a dull story for another day. Yes. Oh my goodness. But coming in, man. The, 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 oh, he's not elite. He's not elite prospect. Don't draft Aiden. Man, I'm telling you, man, you put Aiden Hutchinson with this coaching staff, they're going to get the best out of him. <laughs> him and Aaron Glenn, I guarantee you, Aaron Glenn is going to make him elite. I guarantee you. And three sacks. I think he's tied right now, number three in sacks right now, um, with three sacks. Um, well, like, when you look at the entire defensive line, the Lions unit yesterday, 
clutch, three sacks, six pressures. John Kaminsky, who's been a great addition. Not a lot of people are talking about. He's like the Charles Harris type impact this year. Seven pressures and a sack. Charles Harris, three pressures and a sack. And Julian Aquara had five pressures in his limited snaps. Julian Aquara, by the way, has the best pass rush win rate in the NFL, but he hasn't played that many snaps. He played in, I'll give you the number right now. Julian played in uh, 33 snaps, 45% of the defensive snaps. Not bad. You know five what? pressures. Five pressures, man. You know what? And the thing is, man, and a lot of teams are starting to notice it as far as like when people are watching the film of Detroit, Detroit's not really just – they're saying pressure, but they're disguising it in a way. And they're, they're disguising that the, 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 the offense don't know exactly who's coming. And they like, they sometimes be the extra man or that guy to pull out and go into the zone. And, yeah, man, it's confusing the offensive linemen. And we're getting more pressure than – than than we're actually supposed to, man. It's, it's actually a really, really, really good thing that's going on in Detroit right now defensively, man. And Hutch makes everyone better on that D-line. He really does. Yes, he does. Yeah. and That motor, man. Not, not I mean, I think it, it deserves being re- repeated, but when you have a pass rush, it makes your corners look so much better. You know, you didn't have Amani out there yesterday. had to start Will Harris. And um, once you get that pass rush going, and you saw it in that first half especially, Carson Wentz had no time in the pocket, even if the receivers were getting open. And if you guys watch the L22 film, which is going to be – it's not out right now as we're recording this, but you'll probably see it. There's probably some moments where receivers were open. You know, a guy like Terry McLaurin yeah. had some moments getting open probably, but you would have no idea because the pass rush was getting combed so fast and not even giving Carson Wentz a moment to, you know, target one of those receivers. So – and, you know, once you get that pass rush going, man, it doesn't really matter who you have in that secondary. And that's just another argument why you don't take a, a fucking safety number two over an edge rusher. Like, <laughs> this is another argument. Like, like guys, you, can, you can't cover forever. But if you get home quickly, you can cover for a certain amount of time. Yeah, doesn't matter guy, who you have out there. Yeah, the guys said, yeah, no. Um, yeah, man, I, I talked about that in the pregame, man. I told you that I'm more, I was more worried about the, the offensive line than I was with the secondary because I knew that we were going to pressure – I knew we were going to pressure Carson Wentz. I, I knew it because, I mean, you watched the game week one, the way they pressured uh, Jalen Hurts. If, I mean, if, he, if he didn't have his legs, he only got sacked like six times. Yeah, it's a great O-line, great O-line. <laughs> great O-line, but we were still getting there. I mean, I don't remember how many pressures the team we had on him, but we 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 got there. <laughs> we got it there multiple times, but just he just – he just he, 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 He's an escape artist, man. He's good with his legs. Carson Wentz is not the same. He's not the same guy. So I knew we we're gonna pressure him. And I knew that all right, we pressured Jalen, if we pressured Carson Wentz, doesn't matter who the hell's a corner. It, they're gonna you know, not gonna have time in the pocket. They you know, he's gonna look for the big plays. You know, Carson Wentz is that guy look for big plays. But if you don't have the time in the pocket, you that big play, you're not gonna have time to find that big play. So that that's what kind of messed him up in that first half because that first half he was looking for big plays, but yeah. <laughs> we got we tore his ass up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there was there was a point where they couldn't even get a first down. I mean, they only had two first downs in that whole first half. Washington, the Washington Commanders, yeah. uh, for, for for people at home, the Washington Commanders, not the football team, not yeah. the Redskins, the Commanders. And well, I think I think the play calling was pretty bad the first half too. They they, they should have made it easier for Carson. Yeah. I mean, you knew you knew coming into this game, you knew he to get pressure. I mean, if you watch the tape, you're like, all right, Detroit put a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts. They didn't get to him because of legs. Let's make it easy for let's make it easy for Carson Wentz. Let's let's throw a lot of let's, let's do short passes. Let's do screens. Let's get screens. And but they didn't do any of that the first half. Yeah. They were just calling hike, <laughs> looking for a deep play, trying to run the ball. And the running our running defense, man, got well, got a lot better from week one to week two, man. Yeah, it helps when you don't have a mobile quarterback when you can put more attention towards just you know 
playing the gaps and worrying about the running backs and not worrying about the quarterback taking off, um, it helps a lot. You got another big test next week, Dalvin Cook and that running offense, that rushing offense. I mean, as With long as you don't have any RPOs, I, I'm fine. I think I think our guys are good enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think me- Cook will get his fair shares too, but I think we'll get our shares as well. I, it's a, it's a good matchup. I think we match up well this time, actually, because we used to go to Minnesota like, oh, shit, how do we stop the run? How do we stop Justin Jefferson? I think now, have, even with the emergence of Akuda, I mean, the emergence of Akuda so far, so good. He needs to continue to build build on these games, but he's impressed me, man. Yeah. I, like, I like what I've seen from a great tackler, very willing tackler. That's what a lot of people don't talk about Akuda, is his tackling. What? They don't talk he's, about tackling. No, like... That's no, I'm saying like, but people like just talk about coverage and stuff, but you, they don't mention the tackling. He's a great tackler. He's really good in run defense. Everybody, really good. I, I mean, if you if you watch a few games of Jeff Akuda, you know he's a great tackler. That's why a lot of people are saying that he should maybe move to safety. That because he's a great tackler. That that was really uh, the big. I personally would keep him at corner right now with the way he's playing. You don't you do not move that position right now. Yeah, I mean, we don't have we don't have a guy to, <laughs> to take his spot. Yeah, I mean, we don't leave a giant hole there. Um, but even if I they had the best corner, even, even the if team. they had a spot right now, no, he's playing too well for he's, playing, got, he, he's playing he's playing well. He's playing solid. I mean, he's playing elite, no, but he's playing solid. He's playing good football. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna like once he gets more these games more under his belt and he starts to learn because you gotta remember he hasn't played in that many games. He's been hurt too. So I'm once not, he gets these games under his belt and I'm all not, that. I'm not, he's I'm gonna not really become. About, I'm not really worried about Jeff Kuda. He's gonna I'm, become I, that guy. This is the thing, Jeff Kuda. I, I said this prior to this all, like in, in the beginning, like when we dropped Aiden Hutchinson, I said Jeff Kuda can have his best year as a pro because the, re- the reason why because he had a pass rush this year and the pass rush makes everything better for the quarters. I think our I think our whole corners is gonna have one of the better years with the pass rush. So I, I'm not really worried about Jeff Okuda. I mean, I, I hope he stays healthy. That, that's my thing right now. I hope Biggest he stays healthy. Concerned with him right now, yeah. Also, Mike Hughes, man. I mean, like he didn't have the best camp, but in these games, he hasn't looked like how he's looked in camp. He's actually looked solid. Like he hasn't looked great, but he hasn't looked shitty. I think he's that's, played solid. That goes in with the pass rush as well, because when he was playing, he was playing with those second and third team guys. You know, they just weren't getting home as quickly as Hutchinson because he wasn't playing with Hutchinson as much. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we talk about this all the time. This is not new news, but a pass rush makes a big difference, guys. A pass rush makes a big difference yeah. in your whole team. So, Tyler, tell Patricia that. Tell Patricia that, please. Next time you let, see him, tell him that. Let, let me ask you guys, who would have thought the first person in our secondary to get an interception would be Will fucking Harris? Who would have thought? Me. That's my bold prediction. <laughs> No, no, no. You was tossing the hail mary, man. Get get out of here with that. Yeah, no, man. hell no. I did not see, it. and that was a luckiest interception too. He didn't make the play. Come on, guy. It was, a, mean, it, he, it was he, a ping pong ball. He went yeah. to his chest. I mean, he so made what? The he made the play. He dived into he it. Made the play. He, he dived. He, the he dived for the ball. Made the play. I mean, something that Tracy Walker was having problems doing. Tracy Walker could have had three picks in the last game. <laughs> Tracy Walker was shook. That ball came to him when Carson yeah. Wentz punted it to him. Yeah, I was like, it, it went right through his hands. Like that was a that was a pick. Because Tracy's like, what? That's the ball? That's the football right there? <laughs> Why is the ball coming towards me? <laughs> that was the worst pass I ever seen about. That was I don't know why he jumped. I don't know why Tracy Walker jumped like that. I, that was a weird. The way he jumped for the he did, pick he did not. Weird. He can't, he, he can't he, even he, use the, the, the sun was in. He didn't even. 
he didn't even know that was a football. He probably was like, that's like this game should not be this easy. The, the football should not be coming to me like that. Like it looked like he was the receiver or he was playing like punt returner. Yeah, I'm not sure the light was his eye. I don't know what happened, but that was an easy pick. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and that was a terrible ball by Carson Wentz. That was an awful ball. I don't know. Carson Wentz probably thought Tracy Walker was one of the commanders receivers. I mean, it literally, it literally. That's that's a that's a James Winston type. He's he's to go get his eyes checked. I mean, it literally looked like a punt return, like a punt. (laughs) What did James get? LASIK. Maybe Carson Wentz needs some LASIK surgery. LASIK James. That was that was awful, man. Like. Uh, wow! Even uh, Jonathan Vilma, who's on the broadcast, he goes, I, "I I have no idea what that was." He goes, "I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> I just uh, have no idea what he was thinking." Yeah, man, you can't even like. What do you say in the sideline after you throw that pass and everybody look at you like, "Who are you?" He's like, "I don't, I, I don't know." I, that, I that's threw what, it up there. That, that's, that's what Tracy's thing is like, like. There's no way. There's no way that's the ball, right? Like, no way the game's that easy. You know, and that's just what happened. But my only thing is, I think he probably thought Tracy was a Commanders receiver, and you just threw it up. I mean, that's really the only thing you could have. That's really the only thing you could give him. What else could it be? A blue jersey and a white jersey. He needs that. He needs that lace. (laughs) He needs that lace, Malcolm. Okay, they they, they have they have you know colored and and whites for a reason. Like this is the reason why they like. Well, he was on the Colts last year. Maybe he thought he was still on the Colts. They were oh, blue. That, that, that's a good. They're, that's... They're, they're blue and white. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> bro, I don't know. Bro. <laughs> I'm just speculating here. I honestly don't know, but he's not used to the Commanders yet. Who the Lions actually made history? They gave the Commanders their first loss in NFL history. Let's go. Yes, we did. Um, you know what? You know, you know what? You know, I'm I'm happy that they got this win. You know, I think the commanders they have a mixed base, like a mixed fan base. Like they have some solid good people. You know, me and Tyler talked to a lot of solid um sure. commander fan bases and, and podcasters, but then you just have some some that just they just don't have no respect for Detroit. <laughs> like they, there was that one I'm not sure if you saw that message I was going on Twitter where he the the I did see the, that, yeah. that um the Washington commander page was saying, yeah, I guess he was trying to make fun of the Eagles. Like uh, ha, ha, you, you let the the Lions put up thirty five and and you know you let the Lions and Jared Goff put up thirty five points on you guys and then we put up thirty six. <laughs> so it's just those fan pages, man. It's like ah, oh, you know, I'm glad that we got this win. So just shove that in their face. Yeah, yeah. Now this was a game they just needed, man. Uh, we talked about it in the pregame show having two home games. You know, the NFL gives you two home games to start the season. You got to walk away at least one and one heading into Minnesota and. That's exactly what they did. You know, I got a little worried with the injuries, you know, seeing the injury report on Friday and then Saturday, Jonah Jackson getting downgraded and just see how they all had it lined up. I was a little worried, honestly. But, you know, they, they put that to the side. They went on Sunday. It didn't matter who was on the field, and they just played, man. They played football, what? played good football. Malcolm, what does Dan Campbell preach? Grit. There you Grit. go. And play a little bit harder. And we'll be a little bit stronger. To the end of the day, we're the last one standing. Yeah. All right, coach. And, and I think, and I think, like a lot of parts of that game, it's like as a fan, you know, you just have that PTSD. It's like, okay, they're gonna blow it. They're gonna blow it. When are they gonna blow it, right? And yeah. it just never happened. You know, the Eagles are not the Eagles. The Commanders made it a little interesting in the third quarter. But I mean, it's hard to blow out teams completely in the NFL, like complete blowouts. So they made it a little interesting in the third quarter. They adjusted a little bit, but instead of just folding over and, you know, having the commanders come, come back completely and, you know, you know, tie this game or win it, the Lions just came back and went, 
let's respond. Let's score again. You know, let's keep scoring. Let's not give them an opportunity to tie this game up or take the lead. So, you know, that, that's what the good teams do. I mean, teams are going to score in this league. It's hard to shut out teams in the NFL. I mean, you had them shut down the first half. Great. They're going to adjust in the halftime. Like, that's just a given, right? Um, but the Lions responded well even after the commanders adjusted, and that's where the good teams come out. Because if you're a Lions fan, you've been doing this for a minute, you know, you've seen the story. Have a great first half and completely collapse in the second half, and you either barely escape that game with a win or, you know, you just end up choking and lose that game. But or, t- this or, game, or tying. Or tying, yes. But in this <laughs> game, you know, you saw just a different mentality, man. And that's where you could see the difference. And that's where you could say this is different. You saw a real-life example now. So and that, that's encouraging. Just want to see more of it. You're on track. Let's keep it going. You got Minnesota next week, a big division game. Let's keep it going. And then, like, I think one thing also, like, we briefly talked about, but Evan Brown, Stenberg, and Skipper, bro, they they balled out in the running game. You know, Stenberg still has some work to do in pass protection. He got beat, uh, let's say, multiple times. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he just, so let's forget about that. But in the running game, man, the guy can move people, bro. And Evan Brown was spectacular at Penn Pass, bro. And then Dan Skipper, I mean, just the story and all that. We talked about that. Yeah. So, he, was he was phenomenal in the running game. And then defensively, man, we got to talk about Rodrigo, bro. Woo! Outside of that. Rodrigo. Outside of getting yeah, juked by guy, Carson man. Wentz. Outside of getting juked by Carson Wentz, phenomenal game. Yeah, he did get juked by Carson Wentz. <laughs> Anzalone, too. I thought Anzalone. Anzalone was, was real rock was solid, up. man. Rock solid. I mean, in the first half, I think that was the best half I've ever seen Manzalone play football. Ever. What's the name has been really good for this team, too? The first snaps. half was probably the best Lions defense performance I've ever seen defensively. The first half? What, when have we seen a, a, a half like that? Yeah. With the Terrell Austin days probably like a while ago, if we've seen that. I don't, I don't know. They gave up 27 yards, total yards in the Only first two half. Only first downs. Only two first downs. And then also one thing – we haven't really talked about the Lions only had one penalty for five yards yesterday. Penalties kill you. And yesterday, one for five yards. I mean, and that was early on in the game. I think that was the first drive of the game. Shit. Good yeah. shit. That was a, that was a pretty cool false start. But yeah, man, like, I, I can't think of a, a better defensive performance. <laughs> I honestly can't. In that first it was, half, it was nice to see the offense get some points to it too, because it's like, it'd be a waste if it's like you're only up. 10-0 going to half when your defense plays like that. So it was nice to see the yeah. offense actually capitalize, make it a three-score game while having that defense. You know, and the defense made it even got some points too with the safety. Yeah, they got they got the safety man, Charles Harris man. The, uh, oh, man, and then like I love this team. I do too. And then another thing is too, man. Like okay, if you stop the run, we could pass it on you. If you want, if you want to stop the pass, we could we could win in multiple ways on offense. And our special teams is special. Like the Lions special teams is really good. And then, so far, Austin Cyber, knock on wood, he's been good. Yes. Jack Fox, we know what he is. Our gunners are getting there. Khalif Raymond has been great this year. Juju uh, Hughes. Juju. 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 Juju Hughes. I know. Come on, guys. You, I know, you guys are on the Juju hype train. <laughs> he made a hell of a tackle, man. He did. That was, man. He popped him, bro. That was, that was awesome. awesome. Man. Yo, I'm so, man. I, I'm so happy for that. I game. don't. Me too, man. You know what? It's it's so it's so hard not to get ahead of yourself when your team is playing really well. Um, 
it's just so hard not to get ahead of yourself, man. But just look at the NFL, man. And DC team, they are playing bad, and we're we're heading in the right direction. So I just hope that we just keep building. If we keep getting better every single game, if Dan Campbell, because that's what Dan Campbell is preaching, that he just wants to get better every single game. He just wants us you know, to, 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 to keep going, getting better. Stay on track. If, if man, if we if we stay on track, man, I, I love our chances. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I love our you chances. Know, I'm not going uh, to say nothing else. I'm going to say I love our chances. You, know, you don't want to say that P? You don't say that P word? No, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to say I love our chances. Gonna play week right, by week because a lot of teams are not playing well right now, and just hope that they stay that way. And the way looking right now from this game, the whole NFC North is tied yep. at one and one. Yep. Uh, I'm just yeah, keep, I'm keep, keep playing the course. That's all I I'm know saying. What impressed me yesterday? It's like with all the injuries they had, they still managed, and it didn't even look bad. Like if Patricia had those injuries, that staff, it would have been a shit show. It really would have been a shit show. Yeah. If, this, if, any, any, staff, if any, any of the staff, any of the regimes had that, this, this yeah, problem. Caldwell. Caldwell. If Jim, if, if Jim Schwartz had this problem, you know, if you going back, you know, you know the guys. So, I mean, this he, staff knows how to deal with it. When they say next man up sounds like a cliche, but they literally mean it. Next man up. Like, all right, Skipper, you're up. All right, Sandberg, you're up. Evan Brown, you're up. All right, Will Harris, you're up. You're the learning corner, you're up. I don't care. This was a lot of injuries, especially for week two, and they handled it better than most. I mean, the only thing that would have been worse is if you had didn't have your quarterback. But- they also left with some injuries. Hutch was dealing with an injury. Charles Harris on injury. Kaminsky. Hutch will be fine. Kaminsky. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Harris yeah. might miss some. Like Campbell was kind of like he. We'll see with Harris. Harris might miss next week. Well, we'll Charles see. Harris or Will Harris? Charles Harris. Charles Harris is hurt. There is some injuries. There is some injuries. Yeah. So, man, it's part of the game. I tell people yeah. that it's part of the game. Next man up, Austin Bryant. You're up next. If we'll hit, yeah. if, uh, Charles can go. We'll deal with that when we do that preview on for the Vikings and the Twitter space, obviously. But but honestly, just... now if like a player goes down, I'm not as concerned because this staff just knows how to like adjust. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you want your players out there. You want oh, your most talented sure. players that. 100%. But, and it sucks when you don't have your most talented players out there. But, yeah, you're right. You know, good teams win with whatever you have out there. It doesn't matter um, if one player's missing. It's not a one-man show. You know, it's a whole team. So, for sure. So, good coaching. We'll talk, Great yeah, coaching. We'll, we'll talk about that once we get into our previews. Let's just enjoy this for now. Let's just enjoy this. It's victory Monday. Let's enjoy the week. We'll talk, about the Vikings. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the Vikings later on in the week. And uh, we have a special guest joining us for that preview, too, hopefully. so I'm excited. Uh, yeah. So let's do our oops doopsie ball of the week, and we'll bounce out of here. We'll start off with you, Pierre. Who balled out this Sunday? All right. I had, like, like five to ten ballers, whatever. I'm going with the Lions team in general. I knew it. <laughs> Did I not call him for the show? <laughs> I said the Detroit Lions are the ball of the week. Offensive line, Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown, Hutch, the D-line, the coaching staff. I'm getting to the entire team. The Detroit Lions. The special teams. I mean, bro, I was honestly thinking, I was like, man, it's going to be hard. I don't know what to give it to. Yeah. So... That's fair. I've done it the other way around. I've given I've given the oopsie doopsie to the whole Lions team before. So you know, for it to be the other way around, I'm okay. I'll give it to you. But uh, if I had to pick like gun to my head, two players, I'd say Hutch and St. Brown. Gun to my head. What about one player? 
<laughs> Bro, this is so hard. I'm not one doing player. This. Um, I, give it to the rookie. Give it. To, give it to the rookie. Honestly, I probably have to go with Hutch because we kind of seen Sam Brown Hutch kind of like last week. You give know, he didn't rookie. get the sack. He made some plays, but this week, I mean, Hutch was a difference maker on defense this week. He was an Amon Ra difference maker on offense. Obviously, it's. It's nice to have some stars or some uh, guys who are going to be superstars. They're not there yet, maybe, but I feel like they're going to be there soon. Yeah. If, if, if I'm the coach, I'm giving out two balls, one on the offense and one on the defense. I'm giving Dan Skipper the one on offense, even though I'm in Ross and Brown balled out. Dan Skipper gets I'm giving him a game ball, for sure. I'm yeah. giving Dan Skipper a game ball. Dan Skipper gets a game ball, and on defense, I'll give it to Hutch for his first career sack. You know, again, three career sack, three sacks, but getting his first career sack in that game. So. If I'm the coach, that's that's what I'm giving the the game balls to. Yeah, you the game balls. Isn't it such a great feeling? Like you got guys, you got playmakers now. You got guys that can turn nothing to something. You got guys that can be flipped, who can fall, get up, and and score a touchdown. Like is like DeAndre Swift is a it's a home run hitter. Every time he's a ball. Remember last year, we're like, who's one player that Lions like defense coordinators have to stay up for? We're like, shit, like don't got that. This year. Yeah, you got the guys to circle for. You got to circle Amon Ross and Brown. You got to circle DeAndre Swift. And on the defense of the Lakers, circle 97. I think you got to also circle the entire offensive the line, too. Line. You got to circle, circle like, You got to circle the whole offensive line, too. I got to circle that one. Don't get killed this way. I don't know why. Don't get moved that way. I don't know why I first heard you say the tight end. I'm like, oh, shit, we're doing this. Offensive line, man. You got to circle the offensive line, man. Yeah. Well, I love it, man. This is this is really good, man. We got homer hitters, and man, just I, I just keep saying this. Wait to number nine. Number nine. I say that. They to number nine. Not Stafford. Come not Stafford. Nah? No, not, <laughs> not Stafford. Not Stafford. <laughs> not Stafford. Number nine comes. Talking about we got playmakers now. We got homer hitters now. You are gonna have a guy that can take a screen and do shit that Tyree Kill does. <laughs> take take a, an end around and take an end around and just be gone. Yeah. I'm just. I just just wait on it. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. Also, oh, I'll be honest. Like yesterday, you know, I'm in right had that long ass run. Williams would have had a touchdown. That would have been a touchdown. Yeah. No, no, I think that's the same Brown, but Williams is just has different speed. Yeah, yeah. he would have been gone. My bad, Tyler. Go ahead. Uh also honorary fans again showing up to Fort Field and balling out, man. Getting loud, a couple delayed games again. Fans, man. I mean We've seen it in this city. If you could put a good product for any of these teams, and especially those Lions, man. I mean, the Lions haven't done it for you, for our, for you know, for us, the fans. But in the limited times we've seen this team play for meaningful games, the fans never disappoint. And you could see that the fans are a little optimistic because they're showing up to these games. The first two weeks were outstanding as far as the fan base showing up and making an impact on these games. And man, home field advantage is a different a different animal when it's actually in play and i think you saw that in display these first two weeks and man don't want to get too excited but like if you win some more games and you start piling this up it's just going to be like that every sunday every sunday at ford field whenever they're home for sure so uh big shots of the fans that were there for that game versus the commanders all right Tyler, oopsie doopsie man this is this is gonna be hard as hell because i think everybody played really well I don't, I don't. I personally don't have a oopsie doopsie, so I, I do. don't lean on me. I, I don't do. have one. I have one. Um, Tyler, the, the floor is yours, man. Oopsie doopsie, bro. Oh, boo-hoo. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. Myself. 
I'm the oopsie doopsie this week. What? Wait, what? Because <laughs> you think the commanders to win. Like the commanders to win on Sunday. I was, I was, I was stressing. <laughs> I was stressing when I saw the offensive line. No Jonah Jackson. No Frank Ragnow. Stenberg's playing. I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I was stressing. I, 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 I'm giving myself the oopsie doopsie. It's, it's much deserved. So. <laughs> So the, the, the oopsie doopsie right now leaderboard number one or not number one we're tied tied for one is me and the jug the jug machine so got some company. Wow. Okay. You guys got any okay. argument with it? You got any argument with it? I no. personally can't name a player that played bad enough to be oopsie doopsie week. So if you want to name yourself, I have no problem with it. Yeah, I'll throw Carson once with me too if he wants. He could be in the oopsie doopsie. That pass, Jesus, <laughs> put, that, put that pass with it. Take, take him and that and that pass. That 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 flea flicker. I was a big ones guy too, so that's another why you could put me in the oopsie doopsie with once. <laughs> I mean, I mean, once will be on the list together this week. We'll, Man, we'll write it not out. Good. That's not good. <laughs> so yeah, I'll take oopsie doopsie this week. I'll take the fall. All right, there it is. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll be again live on Twitter Spaces on Sunday. Second half of that Lions Vikings game. Come join us. Watch the game with us. It was exciting this week. We had a. We had good showing up. Some people showed up to the playback, so thank you guys for that. Come join us this Sunday again. We'll be live on the second half. And we'll have a game preview for you guys for the Vikings coming to you guys' feed this week. So look out for that. And that's all I got. Leave those five-star reviews. Peace. All right, guys. Like Tyler said, we appreciate all the support. We'll be back on Spaces. And playback, man, playback has been awesome. You guys haven't shown out for that. And we appreciate that. I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all, it's your boy Malcolm, and I am out. Peace. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com